You're listening to the Gutsy Podcast, where we talk about all things real, raw, and ridiculous about running a business authentically. I'm Laura Wallace, also known as the Laura Aura, lover of all things inspirational, owner of Works Graphic Design, and your host on this journey through entrepreneurship. I'm here to help you get out of your head and back into action as a passionate business rock star. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday as we fuel your gutsy. As nice as it would be to go into business just only solely purely because you love what you're doing would be amazing. But I'm going to also go out on a limb and say, you know what, you probably are trying to make a living as well. This week on the Gutsy Podcast, we're going to talk about all things money, how to charge, how to track your money, how to get credit card payments. I mean, all these kind of like nitty gritty things that you don't even really realize that you have to figure out until you're knee deep. And then you're like, shit, how do I do this? I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of like every other aspect of business. But before we get into all the nitty gritty details of money and cash flow and all that great stuff, we first have to address probably the larger issue. And that's most of us feel bad for charging for something that comes so easy to us. This is probably one of the biggest reasons that most small businesses financially struggle because they continuously undersell their services, lower their prices, and play on a lower level than where they belong. How many times have you been in this scenario? You have a product or service, you're ready to sell it, and someone is interested in buying it. And they say, how much does that cost? And a number pops up in your head and you're thinking, yep, that's the number. But what comes out of your mouth is usually 10 to 30% lower than what you just told them. Sometimes you might even cut that number in half. And why? Because it feels scary. It feels scary to ask for the number that you feel your business, your services, your products are actually worth. You're probably thinking, Who am I to charge that number? Or maybe they could just get it cheaper somewhere else, so I better lower my costs. They wouldn't possibly pay that, so I have to bring it down. And this internal dialogue can happen sometimes within seconds. And it's so easy. It's like our knee-jerk reaction to automatically lower our prices no matter what it is we are doing. I was working through this exercise with one of our business coaches, Whitney Hahn, who we have nicknamed The Wizard. And she said, you know what, Laura, do you know why it's easy to you? And we all just sat there and thought, well, why? She said, it's easy because you have the education, you went to school, you have the training, you have the experience, you have figured out what works and what doesn't work. You know who to work with and who not to work with. You've troubleshooted it. You've done all these things to figure out how to make it the best and the easiest for your client. It's easy because you're an expert. And like in most of our meetings with her, we all threw ourselves back on the chair and we're like, mind blown. It's so true, right? The things that you do come easy to you because you have mastered it or you're in the process of mastering it. You have dedicated an enormous portion of your life to mastering your business. It's no different than a home builder finding it easy to build our house It's no different than a tattoo artist mastering the art of inking skin or the guys and gals in the tire department that have mastered taking 
off your old tires and putting them on brand new in a very short period of time. I mean, you don't hesitate to pay other people for the things that come so naturally to them. Yet it's easier for us to not ask for the right amount of money for what we offer because it only affects us. When we lower the bar, we make it feel more comfortable for everyone around us. And it doesn't have to affect them, but we internalize it. And then it affects us. And then we have to deal with it. But most of the time, we're dealing with it silently. We're struggling. We're challenged to pay bills. We've got cash flow issues. We always feel like we are giving more than what we're actually receiving. And you know what? You're probably tired. You're tired because you're busting your ass, but you're not able to make the ends meet. How do I know this? Well, I'm honestly just on the other side of having a positive relationship with money. Back in episode five, we talked about vulnerability and I laid it all out on the table about my relationship with money, the challenges that we've had, the infamous brown folder that haunted the hell out of me. And yep, I've still got the brown folder and we're still working on it. But you know what? I am happy to say that we are profoundly chipping away at it each week. But you know what a lot of that mess came from? Is not feeling worthy enough to charge. You see, I felt like if I charged our quote-unquote worth, that I would be conceited and full of myself. And, oh, look at her, and who does she think she is? And all these beliefs that have been instilled in my life. And it's been challenging, to say the least. And I am insanely proud to say that the bankruptcy that my husband and I filed 10 years ago just lifted off of our credit report. I mean, that thing has been literally lingering out in the world for the last decade. And I got on the other day to check something. And to my surprise, actually, I had forgotten about the time frame that it came off. And it was so liberating to see that and to know that You know what? Sometimes financial challenges do happen, but ultimately it's up to you and you have the opportunity to turn things around and make something of yourself financially. Guess what? All the people that I undercharged didn't give two shits that I couldn't pay my bills. And it's not because they're insensitive. It's just because I trained them to know what was true. I trained them to know what my pricing structure was like. I trained them that I would lower things and give more and bend over backwards and not ask for anything more. I got to tell you, I have learned it is so much easier to set your financial bar higher and then need to adjust for your market than it is to lowball yourself and have to tell everyone that you're charging more. Can it be done? Absolutely. And there's a place and a time in a way to be able to raise your prices. But remember, when you are adjusting things, whether they are up or down, you are training your clients to have a level of expectation. And that can work in your favor, or that can really bite you in the ass. So let's get into some of the nitty gritty details. The number one question that is always around money is, how do I set my prices? Now, I'm sure that there's some sort of magical calculator out on the interweb somewhere, but you know what? There really 
is not a quick solution to this. There isn't a see-all, be-all, because there's so many factors that go into this. And honestly, that's why it can be really overwhelming. Like I mentioned earlier, there's no right or wrong to this. It's a really great idea to have at least an overarching knowledge of what other people in like-minded industries are charging in your area. Now, you don't have to go to everyone's website and make a bunch of calls and act like you're some ninja in the night trying to find out what their costs are. You don't have to know the nitty-gritty of all the details that they're offering, but just to have a general sense of other businesses like yours, what are they charging? And in the same respect, You have to also know your target audience. These are your customers, guys. These are the people that are actually going to buy your services. Because guess what? Your competitor, probably not buying your stuff. Here's an example in how branding aligns with this. So if you think about, you know what? I want to go buy a watch. There are different targets and different brands that service a lot of different people in different areas of their lives. For instance, Rolex has no problem selling their watches for $8,000. And in the same respect, Walmart has no issue selling their watches for $29.97. Now, you may say, oh my gosh, that's really expensive, or oh my gosh, that's really cheap. But guess what? The power of branding and positioning comes into play with your pricing, You have to know who you want to buy your product so you know how to price it accordingly. Walmart is known for their rollback prices. If you put an $8,000 Rolex in that store, it's going to bomb. But if you go into the Fifth Avenue store in New York City, it's thriving. Both of these stores are speaking to their core target audience, to their core shoppers. They're solving a problem that's unique to them and selling them a brand that fits their lives. Here's the funny thing about money and charging. Every time that we have increased our prices, we have gotten more quality clients. Now, when you go to up your price, it can be scary as hell. You think, oh, everyone's going to jump ship and everyone's going to be mad at me and I'm not going to be able to do anything. But we have found that every time that we increase, we're actually raising our vibration level to resonate closer to our core target audience. Here's a a wild example, nothing in particular, but let's say you are a photographer and you want to photograph multi-million dollar homes. If you would go to that clientele and say, my cost to do this is $250, they would say, "Mm, something is not right and not work with you. But if you said, my base price starts at $2,500 and can range up into $7,500, then you're probably going to get their attention a lot quicker because you're meeting them on their vibration level. And in the same respect, if you want to work with hometown families, small working families, and you go to them and you say, my prices start at $20,000, they're going to be like, um, thanks, that was cute, but uh, not going to be able to do that. This is what I mean by knowing your target audience. You have to be able to meet your customers on the level that they are playing on. It's also why there's no right or wrong. If you want to service an economy market, you get to set your prices to meet those needs. And if you want to create a luxury brand, you get to set your prices to meet those needs as well. 
I also want you to take into consideration the area that you're servicing. And this is a bit of a twofold because if you are located in one geographic area, I want you to really pay attention and understand, am I servicing my surrounding areas or am I based here, but I'm servicing areas outside of my own? For instance, you could be based in the smallest town of your entire state, and yet you're servicing clients in some of the largest cities around the world because that's where they are. In this scenario, you wouldn't necessarily set your pricing to match your zip code. You would match your target audience in the locations that they are in. So look at your geographic area and ask yourself, am I servicing locally, regionally, nationally, or worldwide? It's also really important to know what your costs are to do business. It's especially true when we're first starting out, we just kind of pull a number out of a hat, something that feels right to us. But the more in-depth you get, you understand that there is actually a lot that goes into running a business. Dues and subscriptions, maybe you have rent or utilities, maybe you're even at a point where you're paying payroll and payroll taxes. There are so many little ins and outs. It, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as the cost of the subscriptions to the programs that you use to even be able to do the thing that you're doing. So what I did, I got a really unfancy spreadsheet. I'm not an Excel girl, but I have learned that it can really be beneficial when you're figuring out your numbers. And I broke down all of my monthly costs. One of the things we as people love to do is hide behind our numbers. If we don't look at it, it's not true. If we don't look at the bank statement, it's not negative. If we don't look at the bills and they're not due, I mean, it's just easy as hell to hide behind it. And guys, I will take front row seat into the, I have done that on a regular basis show. It's easier to accept what we don't know exists. So if we just turn a blind eye and pretend like it's not there, then we don't actually have to deal with it. But here's the thing. If you don't know what it costs you to do business, then you'll never be able to figure out how to effectively charge for your services. And when you're thinking about these expenses, the cost of doing business, I want you to really break down into the cost of the goods that you have to purchase to be able to make or do the thing your expenses, what it costs you to actually be able to do those things, the time that you put into it, and the quality that you put into it. AJ and I absolutely love binge-watching the show The Profit on CNBC with Marcus Limonis. And one of the very first questions that he always asks are, do you know your numbers? What are your profit margins? And if you don't know those and he's around, uh, you better just get ready to get your ass chewed out. You see, it's not just the physical things that we have to buy, but again, a lot of those subscriptions and fees and all these little things, they add up. They don't seem monumental, but they add up. Even if it's a $12 a month here or a $9 a month there, it's all a cost of what you need to do to do business. So here's a really simple mathematic formula that I have found that works really well for for us. Let's just say, I'm going to pull a number. Let's say it costs you after you've added up all of your expenses for the month, it costs you $12,000 a month just to even operate. If you divide that by four weeks of the month, and then you divide that 
by 40, which is 40 hours a week, that equates down to $75. That means that it costs you $75 an hour to run your business. Now, this puts things into perspective, right? You're thinking, oh my gosh, I was only charging $50 an hour, or I was only charging $30 an hour. You can see very quickly why your expenses and your income are not meeting up. I also want you to know what your goal is. So how much money do you want the business to bring in in a year? And be realistic with yourself, but set that goal a little bit higher than what you even think that it could do, because you have to set that benchmark and that goal to be able to reach it. If you know that you want to do $100,000 next year, that means that you need to do about $8,400 a month every month. And to do $8,400 a month, you have to know what your products cost to know how many of those that you need to sell. Now, there's also the alternative on charging hourly versus value-based. And honestly, I'm going to save that content for a whole nother episode because we could literally spend the next 25 minutes talking about that alone. Now, once you get the money flowing in, you have to be able to manage it, right? There are a ton of tools out there online things, software, download this, app that. I'm going to share with you a handful of things that have been really successful for us in hopes that maybe they land well with you as well. So my favorite program to use for managing my money is QuickBooks. This tool has been a lifesaver because before QuickBooks, okay, you ready for this? I was managing ins and outs of money through hand-making invoices in Adobe Illustrator, and then keeping a spreadsheet on who owed what and what I owed where. Now, if you're hand-making your own invoices in a program like Excel or Illustrator or Word, you know that it's complicated, right? It's, it's, you might have a template set up, but ultimately you have to change all the information and you have to remember things and save copies and do all these things. And it doesn't track anything. So then if you want to track the numbers that you're putting in, you have to put that into another piece of software. And oh my gosh, let me help you. QuickBooks Online has been monumental for us because it has taken all of that crap and streamlined it into one place. I can access my files, my financial files from any computer with my login. I have an app on my phone that I can see what's going on. I get notifications when we get online payments. I mean, it's just really, truly a beautiful system. It's going to allow you to make invoices and estimates so you can manage your money better. There's custom forms so we can custom brand things. And you guys know how I feel about branding. Our invoices and our estimates and any of the forms in there look like our company. I also love it because you can manage your clients. You can put in all their information so that you have that handy. You can look at past due amounts so you know who you need to reach out to. It also has this fabulous dashboard that says, here's how much money is coming in. Here is how much is going out. Here's what your open invoices are. Here's your past due invoices. Here's your net profit for the month. I mean, and you can customize all these things to let it do what you want it to do. And it's made money look kind of sexy, okay? Because it's in a snapshot. The platform is really nice. um, And I just, I've had a lot of success because it's helped me to keep my hands wrapped around the finances. 
since we've had such great success, I want to share that with you guys as well. So if you head over to the show notes for this episode, there's a referral link that will give you 50% off QuickBooks Online or 50% off QuickBooks Self-Employed for the next six months. That's that's some cash to save. So I highly recommend hop over to the show notes, click on the link, um, save some cash and streamline the way that you look at money. Now, another thing with money too is people are like, how do I accept credit cards? There's all these different formats and programs and I don't even know which end is up. Well, you definitely want to look at things like percentages and fees and all that kind of good stuff. But a few that we have found that work really well are Square, PayPal, and QuickBooks. Now, if you're already using QuickBooks or are about to because you just grabbed that link, they integrate it really beautifully. That allows you to send out invoices where people can just literally click on the button, pay with their credit card. You don't have to manage any of that information the notification pops up, bling, you've been paid and everyone's happy. Square is also really nice, especially if you need a platform that you have inventory and a lot of different products. It's going to allow you to put in that information and accept the credit card, either by swiping or manually entering them. And then PayPal, PayPal has become kind of a universal way of paying for things online. PayPal was introduced a really kind of long time ago, I feel like, um, but it's something that people feel very safe with. And especially if you're doing online purchases, if there's the option to enter your credit card or enter your PayPal, most of the time people are going to go with the PayPal option. Again, you really want to think about what you need to use these platforms for and what the rates and fees are. But you know what? It's no longer, it doesn't require jumping through hoops and doing all these crazy things now as a small business to be able to accept your payments via credit card. And the last thing I want to leave you with today is if you're looking for capital, money to help grow your business. One of my mentors once told me it takes money to make money. And that is so true. It's kind of like, okay, I need to buy a new computer, but I need to increase my sales, but my computer just took a crash. So I need that first. So now I need capital. Now I need to be able to purchase this so that I can continue doing the thing that I'm doing to make the money to pay that back off. I absolutely encourage you to create a great relationship with a local bank. They have the power and ability to make decisions on your behalf versus always having to go up the corporate ladder. A line of credit is a really great way to have flex money in the background. It's there if you need it, but if not, it's a safety net. And if you're looking for kind of some quick cash, smaller amounts that you are looking to pay off pretty quickly, Square and PayPal both have short-term capital loans that can get you some cash flow a lot of times within 24 hours. Now, I also want to preface with this. You really have to read all the details because these options are not always the best. Some of them are high interest weekly payments until you pay it back off. And it can get you in a situation where you're, you're really strapped from week to week. But if you know that there's a big order coming in and it's not really going to affect you, this could be a really great solution to get the products or services or equipment that you need to get to that point. And okay, I lied. I want to leave you with just one more tip today. So a few weeks ago, I was listening to the Gold Digger podcast and the Budget Nista was on there. And I was like, okay, you have my attention with that name. 
And she had this concept that I I found just absolutely fascinating. And that is the concept of unexpected money. Now, when she first said this, I was like, okay, I love some unexpected money, like a random rebate check in the mail or a $20 bill that I found in my winter coat pocket. Okay, she's not talking about that kind of unexpected money. Then in the most simplest of terms, she explained it like, okay, you're going to go to Target and you found a dress that you absolutely love and the price tag says $49.99. And you go to the counter and it rings up at $39.99. In your mind, you had already spent that 50 bucks. But now that it's only $30, there's a $20 difference which falls into the category of unexpected money. So if you were going to purchase something and find out that it costs less, maybe the couple sitting next to you at the restaurant gave you a coupon for 20% off your meal, or you find out that it was buy one, get one free, take that extra money, that unexpected money that you were already going to spend and put it towards something immediately. She says she'll literally get out her phone and go to one of her apps and pay on something. I just thought this was freaking brilliant and so insanely simple. So a rock came and hit my husband's windshield and it cracked it. So we had to go get it fixed. And in my mind, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be about $100. And I got with him that night and and I was like, okay, so how much was the windshield? And he was like, oh, it was covered through our insurance. And I was like, oh, shit, we got $100 of unexpected money. So I pulled up my credit card app. And I paid $100 on that because in my mind, I had already spent that money. It's a really beautiful way to start chipping away at some things and to make that extra money that kind of floats around in the world in your life, put it towards something good that's actually going to start to move the needle. I know that money can seem overwhelming. I know that there's ins and outs. And you know what? No one is doing it perfectly, but the more knowledge that you can put under your belt And the more focus that you can put on knowing your numbers, looking at things and not hiding behind them, and then getting a plan together, you're going to set yourself up for some really incredible success. Join me for this week's Power Back as we talk about finding your power source. I'm talking about that one thing that helps you snap into oh hell yes mode. Until then, follow the Gutsy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And for more business gutsy, follow me personally on Instagram at that Laura Aura. See you next time.